Welcome to our second podcast around emergency sanitation, and this one is going to focus on innovation in emergencies. With me, I've got two guys who are working in, on the Oxfam project in Cox Bazaar, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, uh, this is Salahuddin Ahmed, working as a public health engineering team leader, uh, looking after the Kutupalong Maritime. And hi, this is uh, John Allen, water and sanitation engineer with Oxfam. I've been deployed here in Bangladesh since uh, October of last year. Okay, so if both of you could just tell me a little bit about how you got to be in Cox Bazaar, and then a bit of the history about the situation here in terms of sanitation. Uh, thank you. Actually, uh, I have been working in Cox Bazaar uh, since 2013 in uh, different agencies, but uh, I have started working with Oxfam uh, since uh, September 2017. And after joining, I just uh, uh, deployed here for the emergency response as Oxfam is uh, going to cover as a category two response. And I'm one of the first men who started this response. And the beginning was uh, very, very uh, different than the present position. So uh, thus, we just involved in this response from the beginning. And that was uh, Oxfam uh, footprint was not there before, but uh, September we started it. Those the influx happened in end of the October, 25th of the October. And um, I, I mentioned I joined the response in October, and um, you know around around that time there was lots of latrine construction going on. Um, I, I was deployed here as part of the, the scale up for, for Oxfam's wash response uh, with a you know a very very heavy focus on the sanitation component. Um, and, and so we, we were realizing you know as we were uh, responding to the immediate needs, you know thousands of latrines were were being built. Um, and we, we came to you know came to the, the very you know fast realization that that there was going to be a, a big FSM challenge, uh, and and part of this came from the way that uh, emergency the way that emergencies are responded to in Bangladesh, and of course the most common emergency here is uh, cyclones, uh, heavy rainfall, and, and flooding, of which there was a lot of last year, uh, and and typically you have short term displacement within Bangladesh that requires um, short term you know uh, temporary latrines. That generally have a small holding capacity, people use them, and, and then they go back home. Um, but we, we realized fairly quickly that these refugees were coming and they, they, weren't, uh, they weren't going back to Myanmar anytime soon. Uh, and that longer term solutions were necessary, yet we, the solutions that were still on the ground were, were these very shallow latrines that were very quickly filling up. Um, and we realized that there was a need for uh, you know, a, full, a full FSM package and, and a range of solutions. That's been the case in emergencies since we've been responding to emergencies. Why do you think the scenario here is different that we're looking long term? We've got refugee camps that have existed for 20 plus years and who knows when they might change. But here we're not even, we're about six months into the main response and already we've got this FSM focus. So what are the specific kind of scenarios here that are leading to FSM being such a priority, not just among WASH-focused NGOs, but multi-sector NGOs like Oxfam? Yeah, I, I would say a big part of it is, you know, necessity you know, breeds innovation. 
Um, and and we, you know, we, we did have a bit of a unique circumstance here in, in that the size of the Kutupalong extension camp has nearly 700,000 people in it. And uh, that was, you know, it, it was growing by the tens of thousands, uh, you know, almost every day. In that phase of the response, the latrines were filling up. There was no, uh, you know, no land available, uh, incredibly congested, poor access. Uh, kind of all of the ingredients were there for, uh, for a public health disaster. Um, and then one, you know, specifically triggered by the risk of having latrines overflowing. Um, you know, the, the other aspect as well is, you know, this has been a response that's been highly concentrated in a small geographic area. Um, you know, sometimes this has, you know, been a challenge, having so many cooks in the kitchen, um, you know, so many actors in, in one place. But on the other hand, uh, we're, we're all close to each other. It brings more opportunity for discussion, um, coming up with solutions. You know, frequently we, we have um, visitors from other agencies seeing what we're doing and, and vice versa. So we, we, we get more opportunity to, to have those uh, discussions together and, and then come up with solutions uh, work, working together. Uh, yes, in addition to these, uh, you know, uh, if I go a, a few, few months back in the beginning, uh, the way this influx happened and uh, one of the first, fastest growing um, uh, population uh, uh, fleet from Myanmar here and, and uh, the, in the beginning the people were staying in the roadside and when they uh, started settling in, in that area, that area is really, the topography is very different than others. This is the hilly topography and almost within half a month, uh, half a million people came and settled. So there was a huge challenge for the sector to cover their uh, water and sanitation facilities. Then as per the sector decision, all the agencies and service provider uh, started the emergency latrine. And those latrines are mm, uh, uh, the uh, shallow depth, like five feet depth. And this huge number of population and the user are not actually under control. So those latrines are quickly filled up and then the difference topography, then FSM problem being a acute here. And all the experts uh, from uh, global and national, um, they started working on how to settle this challenge, especially to manage the FSM. Otherwise that will be uh, create another uh, problem like dizzy breakout or something like this um, and then uh, slowly and all the different type of uh, options uh, service provider uh, bring in there and install and started to customize the design based on the context topography those things still the challenge is that um, we have several on-site uh, uh, decentralized and centralized system we are going to in, in place but problems still there, the emptying and transportation and those things because the topography and the users is a huge number of users is there. Though there are a number of latrines, different in size of containment, but again the problem is how to solve, uh, how to manage this sludge in a, uh, in a better way for which will help the environment as well. Yeah, it sounds like there's a, a lot of different elements to consider to find a viable solution for the long term around the FSM. And we've seen in camps like this in the past how it can lead to disease outbreaks. And especially with rainy seasons to take into consideration here, then that adds to 
the design parameters and execution of anything that goes into place. What, what has Oxfam done here to create the, to look for new solutions? So before we look at the wider sector, just as an organization, what are the processes, and you've been here since the beginning, that you've seen happen that have led to this um, foresightful approach, especially considering with Oxfam we have competing priorities. It's not just WASH. We've got other things to be considering. Livelihoods where we can, um, shelter needs, protection needs. So how have we, as an organisation, been able to foster new innovations with those competing priorities? Yes, uh, thank you. Actually, um, fr from the beginning when we expecting this kind of challenges coming, especially for the technical slash, and then Oxfam plays a, uh, I would say, like leading role to having the FSM in priority and still we are leading the FSM technical working group in that response. And secondly, um, Oxfam uh, put a significant contribute to harmonize the design of the latrine so that we can uh, we can um, uh, we can manage a significant amount of sludge on site because we have another problem for emptying and transportation. Uh, there are um, uh, eight approved design from the government and DPEG, uh, and and here from Oxfam side, um, four design is uh, captured from Oxfam model. So that was a big contribution from our side. Different type of um, design we put so that we can have a big containment and we can manage some of the slugs on site uh, like effluent with latrine, biofilm latrine also uh, we implemented to manage this uh, fecal slugs as well as in on site and also leased with latrine and flexible pipe twin uh, with latrine so that we can manage on site. Now we are going to, uh, we are going even uh, we we did a good collaboration with the government actors like Triple um, uh, RC and Bangladesh Army for having a big amount of land and road, so that we can ins we can put a centralized treatment plant in northern part of the camp, and the main target is at least 100,000 population fecal cells we can treat it here, and secondly we also introduce a decentralized system like. Mm, as a part of emergency and an easy solution like lime stabilization, so uh, those uh, those are also having how to how to make it quicker in the lime stabilization and also in Balukali area we introduced uh, like a bucket bucket based lime stabilization and treat. So those innovation we contributed from Oxfam side, based on the context, based on the topography, based on the users and uh, cultural perspective. And, um, it, you know, I, we, we were really in a position to kind of tap into a, a wide range of expertise. Uh, we, you know, we're fortunate enough in having Andy Bastable, our, our head of water and sanitation out here, relatively early, um, and that kind of galvanized support across the sector, I think, for, for FSM. Um, it, the other thing it did is, you know, we, it, we, we brought in some, um, we, we, we've had the support of Borda, uh, a German uh, organization that specializes in sanitation and wastewater design, fecal sludge management. Um, we were able to, to work closely with them on, on solutions and, and to take a look at this problem. 
um, Oxfam was able to tap into its experience in other humanitarian crises in, in Myanmar and Philippines and to adapt those solutions based on the situation here in, in Cox's Bazaar. Um, and the, you know, the other aspect too is that uh, Bangladesh has, has achieved a lot in sanitation uh, over the past 10-15 years and now has itself a, a growing FSM movement. Um, you know, there's, there's other agencies, uh, Practical Action, WaterAid are doing you know, exciting, really innovative work in, in fecal sludge management uh, as well. Um, and and we, we brought in uh, one national company, Oxfam has, has got a lot of experience working with uh, tiger worm toilets uh, in, in a number of countries. Uh, and, and so one company, uh, West African based, uh, but with a presence here in, in Bangladesh Biofill, uh, had a presence that helped us scale up uh, on-site solutions as well. The, the biofill latrines, uh, you know, near, nearly a thousand of those are in place. Um, and it, you know, latrines that don't require uh, emptying due to the vermicomposting. So I, I, th I think really just being able to tap into a, a wide range of expertise within kind of the Oxfam public health engineering uh, network and the experience from other countries, you know, from the national sanitation, and then also bringing in the, bringing in the right partners, um, which we've been very fortunate to have. Um, you know, and, and all of this happens, I think, through kind of the early stages of the response where you have, you have a lot of people getting together and, and talking about the problems. You know, and, and in this case, I think, you know, maybe compared to other parts of the wash sector, there's not as well established way of doing things. There's not, and, and you know, everybody, everybody realized from an early stage, this was a problem that, that was not going to have a silver bullet and, and a wide range of solutions were, were going to be required. Um, so I, I think it gave the space for a lot of people to say yes, um, and, uh, and, and so a lot, of, a lot of innovation came out of that. Uh, it gave, gave us as Oxfam the space to, to try new things, uh, as well as others within the sector. Yeah, and that's been something that's been very interesting to see, is the coordination within the sector, as well as the traditional expertise from key agencies. And the coordination levels here are within Cox Bazaar, but also nationally. So there's the FSM working group within Cox Bazaar and then the national FSM group. And as I understand it, there's quite good coordination between the two. So you've touched on some of the technical elements of why there's been good coordination due to the need, the topography, the challenges. But institutionally, what do you think has led for this coordination and coming together of agencies that we could look at recreating in the future? So, so it, it, it is a good question. I, you know, I would say, you know, setting up, you know, a lot of, you know, we have, we have, the, we have the sector, the cluster system and, and the working groups. Um, so I think taking a look at FSM from the, you know, from the early stages, you know, a lot of it focused, focused on, on latrines early on. So having, you know, having an FSM uh, working group uh, from the early stages that, that brings in, brings in that, that expertise and, and the discussions, um, you know, as well as, you, you know, you mentioned the FSM network, which is, uh, you know, recently started in Bangladesh and is, uh, you know, working on national issues in FSM. So, you know, in, in other contexts, it may also be possible to tap into what, what's, what's the national expertise, um, what's the national, um, you know, what, what, what fora are there for fecal sludge management in other countries? Um, you know, what universities, uh, you know, in, in Bangladesh, you have Buit, um, a, a major uh, institution for engineering in, in the country uh, that's led a lot of that work at the national level. 
Um, so yeah, I, th I think you know, linking those together. You know, we we talk very generally. I think about linking humanitarian and development. Bangladesh is, is a great place to do that, um, and, and and no doubt there's there's many other other uh, contexts as well. Because what what we come to you know through through the humanitarian side is oftentimes different from uh, you know from the development side, and, and how do how do we pull them together? So I, I think having having open forum you know through through working group uh, through through different meetings. Uh, getting people's ideas together um, helps a lot. Yes, uh, uh, it's better to have uh, because Bangladesh already introduced a national level FSM network and government already formed a, a framework uh, under FSM. So uh, it's it's uh, it's good for us at least the government actors know what is FSM because that was very important uh, part. Otherwise. Um, if uh, if we if there was no this kind of platform earlier, then uh, it would it would uh, be very difficult the uh, service provider who are responding in humanitarian crisis here in Cox Bazar. So it creates uh, it uh, create our um, uh, path very easy to uh, move forward with the government actors accordingly, and also having a good collaboration with these uh, national level actors because most of the actors also responding here in in that response and. Uh, also sharing uh, the ideas and their national experts also uh, visited several times and put their inputs as well to uh, how to standardize the quality of the treatment and also uh, other uh, issues to introduce here in Cox Bazar level. And that was a good movement from both sides. How do you do that without constantly being in meetings? <laughs> because it sounds like there's a lot of meetings to be had and maybe this is where having a great team with yes. you helps yes. but it sounds like between the two of you you're probably in quite a lot of meetings to ensure this coordination happens well we we try to be in as few as <laughs> as necessary um but but yeah um i i think we've you know been, been able to split up the work it, it, i think very important to mention here as well our, our co-lead on on the working group has been unhcr um so we've you know, we, we've been very fortunate in being able to work side by side on them, and uh, you know, to, to kind of split split the burden uh, of, of meetings, mm. um, and, and that helps. So I think having you know having the right the right group or, or the right partners, the people uh, you can work closely with, and um, it, it doesn't all fall on one person or one organization to do it. Yes. So in the in the beginning, uh, there there were every day happening number of coordination meeting from different actors, government. UN agencies, Upujila um, uh, level, even camp level, and uh, in, the, in the beginning, uh, we are also understaffed, and we have to run everywhere, and also doing the implementation work. So yes, uh, we shared the responsibilities, and also in in the first stage, people uh, were not very interested to um, uh, focus on technical working group, but it's good that we we draw their attention, and uh, and they participate. And so we try to balance, so those actors are very much interested to uh, work on FSM and they used to participate in the uh, technical working group meetings and also when we need bigger forum, then we invite openly for all the agencies who, can, who are interested and who are doing now. So thus we are managing the work uh, and uh, those meetings especially we uh, put some uh, schedule meeting and also ad hoc meeting. Uh, so that we can balance within the team and even the sector level coordination meetings.
Yeah. Though that was really tough to <laughs> manage all the meetings. That's always the way. Coordination yeah. is great, but it requires quite a lot of meetings yeah. because how else do you do it? Um, but I think that's a really good way of sharing the load and also recognizing where the value is. Because in the beginning of emergencies, it is, it's all meetings when actually you want to be on the ground getting on with the work. So being able to come together as a sector and say, okay, guys, let's try and reduce this down. Let's focus who needs to be where and how can we make sure that we get a balance between the two. Um, okay, so what's the plan going forward? And I'm aware this has been under discussion a lot in Cox's Bazaar at the moment, but what are the next steps for sanitation and fecal sludge management, but also for ensuring that this level of coordination and innovation continues? Sure. So, um, you know, we've, we've just had uh, two days, a two-day workshop, you know, fortunate to have uh, the Gates Foundation and UNHCR convene that, uh, this, looking towards long-term solutions. Uh, the future, there's, there's a lot of possibilities, technically. Um, you know, we, we still have this monsoon season ahead of us that's still very much daunting. Um, all, all of our focus is still very much on, you know, the huge public health risk that is still there. Um, scaling up emergency fecal sludge treatment within the camp. We, we've been lucky so far, but, um, you know, we, we've been helping to facilitate some trainings, uh, you know, and some field demonstration for other agencies uh, and scaling up this capacity for the monsoon season uh, and, and taking mitigation measures. Uh, that's that's all kind of you know look, looking at the technical side uh, for you know for the coordination side um, you know the the working group uh, is going to continue to be active and, and looking at uh, you know towards what, what we can do longer term um, we'll also be setting up uh, a technical review committee this is uh, you know some aspect the working group has been involved with earlier in the response which is going through technologies uh, you know now we're, we're looking not course not just the technologies but uh, performance specifications um, and management models uh, we, we don't yet have uh, well organized management models uh, and, and it's time time to bring those in um, you know and again there's there's probably not a, not a silver bullet here but a, but a range of solutions um, and through you know through the working group uh, through a technical review committee we can evaluate which which of those options seems seems best um, you know with the review commit with the technical review committee, that's where we want to bring in, of course, the expertise, uh, but also, you know, at this stage, very important to, that we have the involvement, the engagement of the, uh, the local authorities, including the, the Department of Public Health Engineering and uh, Bangladesh's uh, RRC, the, the Rohingya Refugee Relief and Repatriation uh, Commission, uh, and, and as well as the, at the national level with, uh, with Buett and, and others. So, um, yeah, through, through those, we, we will uh, be working on management models, evaluating, uh, using a, a matrix to, to take a look at what, what makes the most sense, um, and, and to keep this going, because we're going to have, you know, the humanitarian cycle turns over. Uh, we have uh, people coming and going in the sector, but we want to make sure that we keep the, you know, the institutional knowledge, but also the, the collaboration that we've had so far. Uh, yes, uh, the main objective will be and vision will be that uh, FSM chain uh, is in board in, in humanitarian response in Scott's budget. So 
extruded the, from the uh, from the user and the, um, the value chain we can at least we can place here based on the context and locality so uh, based on these if we want to place these then uh, as we are working so on-site options decentralized options and centralized options uh, uh, it, it needs to be placed and how to minimize these challenges uh, uh, of FSM so that it will not be any more burden uh, and because this uh, this response uh, will be uh, we are expecting these people is not moving like next three four years at least so uh, in in terms of sustainability definitely the engaging the government actors the private actors and also the um, local uh, people involvement so that they can more engaged with the system uh, the the way the fund flow is now it will significantly reduce uh, next year next couple of years so so that we get we need to consider these issues as well and the agencies those who are working um, now uh, they don't even there are some agencies those don't have the wash background but they want to involve and they just come and start installation latrine and those things and from the sector and the technical working group our uh, another objective is uh, bring all those different actors together and uh, make understand the fsm challenges so that we can have in the same pace and response accordingly and you're going to be here to see it through for now and so what are you most interested or excited to see progress within this scenario? Uh, uh, thank you. Actually, uh, <laughs> this is a big uh, and challenge to uh, see the progress at this moment because um, uh, still we, we don't know what would be the perfect solution, what would be the more sustainable solution. Uh, still we are working and we are learning um, by uh, trial and error those things is going on. And uh, at least um, it, it's really um, mm, uh, satisfactory issue that if some pilot is uh, on board and if it's work and we can have a result so that we can make it a um, example to expand and, and the um, broader level. And Oxfam is also trying to, in the next phase, we are trying to do, uh, as per the uh, workshop output, we are trying to do some networking for transportation and using some more having uh, some more land for another different type of technologies of treatment plant so that we can at least put a significant contribution again in the FSM in Volkswagen. Okay John you're on heading out what are you proudest of or most excited to come back and visit in five years time? Yeah, well, you know, what I'd say I was most excited for is, is getting through the monsoon season. <laughs> uh, because that, it, it's, it's incredibly daunting. It's, it's, a, it's a huge risk. Uh, I mean, I think, I think if we can make it through this season, if we have this emergency capacity, uh, we have the, you know, these technologies available, we have the, you know, the emergency backup options that we've discussed in the working group and said, hey, um, you know, if it comes down to it, if you have latrines overflowing, uh, these are the on-site options uh, available to you. So, you know, for me, I'm, lo I'm looking forward, you know, not, not in five months, but hopefully in, in four, uh, not in five years, but in, in four months from now, to look back and say, whew, you know, we, we made it some, somehow. Uh, it's, it's, still, it's still the number one priority. Um, th there's still huge challenges in the way to, to getting that done. Uh, but I think that 
you know, as humanitarians, that that's our, our biggest achievement, you know, will be being able to, to get through that season. Um, you know, we, in, in the monsoon season, we have incredible challenges in uh, transport of, of fecal sludge. Um, so, you know, that, that, will, that will be very difficult. Um, you know, we've got some on-site solutions to, to work through that. But, um, you know, lo looking, looking ahead longer term, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how the, the transport, uh, the desludging and transport side of the equation uh, works out. Um, I, I think there's, there's been a lot of uh, exciting movement towards some potential new solutions that, that can be brought in. Um, so it, it'll be very exciting to see that. Um, you know, and then, you know, we'll, we've got still a, a big fecal sludge treatment plant that's, uh, that's being put in place. Uh, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that uh, in operation. Uh, as well as there, you know, there's more innovation coming. So I, I think that's, you know, that that's been so exciting to work on this response, um, and and it's it's very, you know, exciting to know that that's not going away uh, either, and that we can, you know, we can look back and, you know, hopefully, you know, come back, you know, and look at this, in, you know, maybe two years from now and say, whoa, there was a lot of innovation then, but you know, look what else has happened, and uh, we've, you know, just in terms of treatment, transport, desludging. Uh, all, all throughout the sanitation chain, uh, that there's been innovation and, uh, and positive work to solve this problem. Okay then, so just as a closing question, what will you take from this emergency response for future responses? <laughs> um, yeah, really, uh, I have been working even at this refugee context till 2013, and those, uh, those uh, settlement was more settled and uh, and we have been trying to solve the problem from the beginning and good thing here that response what we got the enthusiasm of different actors they are really really want to do something and I would say uh, what what the sector has done here that was really uh, incredibly good and uh, and I, I think uh, the enthusiasm and the coordination what the wash sector done was really good, uh, and, and even um, even if, if you see, uh, we have already passed uh, like seven months, uh, nine months, right? Nine months, uh, and we don't have uh, any significant wash-related disease breakout. That was a big achievement from us in wash sector. Uh, so uh, I would say the in sanitation, especially. The technology that uh, we have uh, introduced here, the on-site technology, and also the trial um, uh, we have done in different treatment options, like uh, eight to nine options here in Coxbudger level, that was uh, significantly uh, very very good uh, response. And uh, hope we can take better option in the, any other response based on the context, which will be suit and uh, culturally culturally acceptable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would say, you know, it's, it's all about having, um, you know, having the right people finding, uh, finding enthusiastic, you know, we, we've had, you know, also people with, with many years of experience on sanitation and FSM, uh, as well as, uh, you know, younger, younger staff who are coming into this, into the space now. So get, getting the right people together, um, you know, and Saladin mentioned, we, you know, this was championed by the wash sector early on. And we had, you know, from November, we had, you know, in the early stage of the response, we had the Bangladesh military who was uh, facilitating a, a, a lot of the relief. 
and uh, you know we, we had the military asking us you know on a weekly basis what's uh, you know what, what what's up with FSM to yeah. tell tell us about it so it, it's I think it's all about getting you know getting that buy-in prioritizing it and then the other side of that is being responsive to needs and and looking you know in that early stage of the response what what are those what are those critical needs um, what are the what are the big questions and the big challenges and you know, it, it may be that it's FSM this time, but you know, the ne the next time it could it could easily be uh, something else or a, a different component of uh, you know of sanitation that, that's most critical. So, uh, being being need responsive, looking at uh, at, at what's required, and, and also being uh, sensitive to uh, you know to what users want and, and need. Yeah, uh, and and really, uh, really, what what the sector or even the agencies have done uh, in FSM, so that was very important to draw their attention. FSM is the priority issues, and uh, because there are other issues like water, uh, solid waste, but uh, here, one expert once uh, asked me, why this response, people are always talking about FSM, FSM, what's the things? So that was, I think that was an achievement uh, that we, we bring together. Great. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today. Uh, I know you're both very busy, uh, so I really appreciate it. And it's been great to get some insights from you around not just the response, but also how innovation is being fostered here and what we could potentially learn for future responses. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr.